<clears throat> yeah, it's uh, that's gonna that'll be cool uh, because I know like uh, the effects like when I whenever I did uh, the research for the effects of PTSD, um, it you know it gave me different symptoms and things like that that one should recognize or, or even, uh, Hey, Captain McClendon, I just want to let you know that. As you can see, the, the guy's name is Unk. That's Chris Jones. He's a retired Army veteran, too. Um, okay. So I just want to give you a feel for who we're talking with. Um, the other ones are not veterans, but I just want to give you that heads up. Um, also, um, these are um, Captain McClendon was the recruiting commander here in Beaumont. He was the, he was, um, the commander for the re recruiters here in Beaumont. So I just oh. want to give you all that heads up, everybody. Yes. Thank you for your service. Hey, thank you for your service. What do you say? What about you? <laughs> I'm a veteran. I won't call it at the sound of the show. <laughs> <laughs> my, my son is a veteran, so. Yeah. Well, I tell you, if anybody in your family serves, you serve with them, so. Yeah, I was exactly. Say, what about exactly. you? <clears throat> so. Yeah, For real, yeah. though, I'm dealing with the PTSD at my house every day. Oh, I understand. Wow. <laughs> oh no, really? I mean, yeah, the spouse is a PTSD too, far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, we're back on. I think we are. Are we on? Yes, we are. Let me clear the stand sip here. And let's get us all in tomorrow. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about post traumatic stress disorder. Disorder. <laughs> and tonight, my lead host tonight is going to be Chris Jones. We call him Unc. I have good evening, everyone. Crew member here from the Roundtable Crew, Terry Roy. My co-host, Miss Ladonna Sherwood Haley, and our two special guests tonight, Mary Williams and Captain Frank McClendon. Say hello, guys. How you doing, everyone? Hi, thank you. Yes, welcome to Knowledge's Power Podcast Live. Uh, we do this every Sunday and Tuesdays right here on all your social media platforms. And I'll introduce you again to Miss LaDonna, and she's going to give you our motto. Knowledge's Power Podcast Live is a platform to share important information by educating Southeast Texas African-American communities with valuable information on health, education, finance, politics, and business. We pride ourselves on keeping our hand on the pulse of this community, letting you know what is going on in and around the Golden Triangle. Tony, where can they find Knowledge is Power Podcast Live? Knowledge is Power Podcast Live is now on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Apple iTunes, I'm sorry, Amazon Music, and Google Play. You can also find us on our website at www.knowledgeispowerpodcast.live. February is February is Black History Month, and we're in all ordered our last week of uh, Black History Month, and. Uh, Knowledge is Power podcast on Sunday, the 27th at 7 o'clock. We'll 
have one of the most in-depth I agree on black history <clears throat> uh, more about it more knowledge about it more wisdom about it our rich history our rich heritage and our lead host would be Perry Busby so I want you to join us next Sunday for Black History Month special on Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. I'm Tony Renfro, and I'm going to turn this thing over to to my good friend and always good friend from the South End. <laughs> the real South oh, End. The real South End. <laughs> uh, right after this 30 seconds intro. I guess it's not working. Let <laughs> me mm. go back to it again. Let's see what's going on. Try here. one more time. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live with your host, Tony Redfield, and my co-hosts, LaDonna Sherwood and Francis Lawkins. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live starts now. Yes, indeed. Welcome back, everybody. And again, as stated, my name is Christopher Unk Jones. <clears throat> uh, and this evening, uh, in Black History, we're going to be talking about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. This is our second uh, discussion about it because we definitely wanted to um, bring post-traumatic stress disorder, I guess, more into uh, the community uh, and let you know how it affects you as well. Last uh, time we had, uh, well, the first episode, on this segment, <clears throat> we had Mary Williams, who gave us a phenomenal um, disp uh, display of, of numbers, as well as, um, you know, uh, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder effects in the military community. So this evening, we're going to actually uh, tie that, that, that same uh, information into our regular civilian community and being military uh, as as well as Mary is and uh, uh, our other special guest, uh, Frank McClendon, we are veterans. Um, so uh, we know how it affects the veteran community. We just want to relate to you how uh, you can uh, also identify these same signs in your regular community dealing with everyday and regular life. So <clears throat> again, welcome uh, to Knowledge is Power podcast live. Uh, and I do uh, appreciate Tony for uh, letting us again come back to our community to explain and enlighten them on how um, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, can affect them in in their everyday community, not just military families. Um, so um, without further ado, uh, if you would, Mary, could you uh, like kind of 
give us a brief synopsis of, of what we talked about last week uh, for those that weren't here. And then uh, I'll give the floor to uh, Commander McClendon so that uh, he can give us a, a, a description of who he is. I'm sorry for my training. Okay, so thank you all so much. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So last week we um, talked really about post-traumatic stress disorder in the military community and also um, how it affects um, veterans who have been recently separated from the military um, who have been diagnosed now with post-traumatic stress disorder and how it can relate to families and their families also. How do they accept the fact that now they have somebody with that disorder diagnosis? <laughs> Also, we talked about um, veteran suicide and how we're losing veterans um, 22 a day to veteran suicide. And that is a national crisis, not just a state crisis or a local crisis. That is a nationwide crisis right now that we are dealing with um, is veteran suicide. 20 day, 22 a day is 22 too many. So we need to seriously take a look at that um, nationwide. Um, and also we talked about um, military sexual trauma victims, um, victims of uh, military sexual trauma or rape um, and how it has affected um, life in the military because that does happen. And uh, we lost Vanessa Guillen, who was a uh, Fort Hood soldier who told her story numerous times to um, higher ranking officials, but it was just swept under the rug. And anyway, she ended up being murdered by her own um, soldiers that she was with. Um, so these stories need to be told. They don't need to be pushed under the rug. And um, so that's what we talked about. We talked about what the definition of a veteran was. Um, so many different things about our military and how post-traumatic stress disorder can affect our lives. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for the, the brief rundown. Uh, Mary on last week. Uh, uh, Mr. McClendon, would you mind introducing yourself uh, for being on the, the podcast with us this, this evening? Uh, I sure will. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to I want to thank everyone for letting me be a part of this uh, this distinguished and very important panel right there. So it's an honor and a privilege for me to be a part of this right there. My name is uh, Captain Retired Frank C. McClendon III. Um, I spent 30 years, uh, right at short of 30 years in the military, spent about 17 enlisted and the rest as a, as an officer. I was the uh, commander of the Beaumont recruiting company. I covered from like East Houston all the way to the Louisiana border for recruiting, uh, several years ago. Uh, so I know the area, um, uh, I got involved in the community. Um, I was involved with hurricane Harvey myself. So, um, it's just an honor and privilege to be here today and the PTSD suicides, you know, in and out of the military is very important. I mean, just this past week, uh, I lost one of my neighbors to, uh, that was suffering from PTSD. So, uh, I mean, it's the signs and stuff like that, being able to get the knowledge out, like I said, knowledge is power. So being able to expose people to the, the symptoms and, and, and options that you have as a veteran and not as a veteran, as a regular civilian to, to deal with this PTSD is, is we have to get the word out. So I'm just happy to be a part of this thing and anything that I can contribute to it, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And I'm super <clears throat> excited about this show tonight uh, as first spouses who may be uh, able to kind of help 
the person with the post-traumatic I know we're going to go through some coping mechanisms, but also to maybe recognize when they need that help that maybe they don't think that they need, maybe if we can have, you know, as a spouse for veteran and maybe just them kind of identify with that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's what, that's what we're actually looking forward to doing tonight. <clears throat> um, is like I said, tying in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder into uh, our everyday life and ways that we can recognize, um, you know, that we may be, you as an individual may be dealing with some, some trauma. Uh, and <clears throat> we know how cliche uh, it is for us, most of us in the African-American community to accept the need for therapy. So uh, we're gonna touch on that too this evening. Um, <clears throat> uh, so like uh, one of the questions that I got from uh, our community, and when I say our community, um, most, of, most of the people I asked uh, these questions were from, from or I received these questions from were from our diaspora. Um, so um, they wanted to know what is post-traumatic stress disorder? Is it, you know, is it, you know, what is it? And, and um, can military people, or aren't military people the only ones that get it? So <clears throat> um, Mary and Commander both, um, well, I'm sorry, Sar and, and Commander both have stated that, you know, mili our military community aren't the only ones that deal with trauma. And that's what the T in post-traumatic uh, uh, stress disorder is, is trauma. Uh, so uh, we, we we know that we're not the only community that deals with trauma. So it says um, from the Mayo Clinic, and most of most information um, you'll get, especially uh, research information, comes from mental health clinics and different things like that. Because PTSD is said to be a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event. Um, uh, an accident, um, um, you know, the, you know, the loss of unwilling loss of your, um, I guess, privacy and security, and 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 you know, innocence uh, that can lead to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. It says some of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. <clears throat> um, it says symptoms may start within one month of a traumatic e event or episode, but sometimes symptoms may not appear until years after the event. Uh, these symptoms cause significant problems in social or work situations and or in relationships. It says they, they can also interfere with your ability to go about your normal day. Um, so just rubbing on the surface of post-traumatic stress disorder. I don't want you to to get it misconstrued. And, and like LaDonna said, uh, we definitely want our viewers and listeners to know, um, you know, the difference between post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health issues. As stated uh, in, the, in the beginning, post-traumatic stress is a mental health condition. Uh, and many in the African-American community um, deal with several different types of mental health conditions. Um, so I don't want anybody to say, oh, Lord, I got post-traumatic post stress disorder. 
uh, unless it's you're, you're properly diagnosed. So don't don't uh, go to you know the websites to diagnose yourself. Uh, please get it professionally done. Um, <clears throat> anybody have anything or any uh, questions as far as like uh, anything that's been said so far? Uh, I don't see any in the comment section, um, but I do see somebody in the private chat asking Tony to turn off the music. <laughs> what is it I missed that? I was collecting on something. Yeah. Um, I can't hear it. Oh, okay. I hear it. It's like a bump, 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 bump. Okay. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of kind of like a, a like <laughs> a, a feature you got turned on or something. Like this? <clears throat> yeah, it's getting louder now. Okay. All right, got it. Thanks, God. Most that. Um, so without any questions about what post-traumatic stress disorder is, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to switch over to uh, depression so that we'll, we can identify the differences, which is it's a fine line, ladies and gentlemen, especially like from the research that I've done uh, since Tony asked me to, you know, head up the show. But um, I want you to understand that there is a, a huge difference between post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, depression. Uh, so uh, this website I'm using for reference is WebMD. Uh, it's uh, is PTSD, depression. Is it PTSD, depression, or both? Um, and the reason uh, I, I went to that and that that topic stood out to me because it says are both and it gives identity to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder it gives identity to depression and it ties it in uh, saying that it could both both of them uh, can affect an, an individual so <clears throat> uh, everybody gets the blues every now and again uh, everybody gets to you know feeling sad uh, so I, I that's depression um, m most of the times you may get uh, shell shock tied to post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, that's what the black community know it as, uh, is being shell shocked. Um, or so, <clears throat> um, even people that, you know, we see, uh, looking erratic or seeming erratic on some of the street corners, um, they are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and um, we want you to know that depression can lead to um, anxiety and stress as well as post-traumatic stress uh, and the uh, inevitable where some individuals lead to is, is suicide. Uh, as Mary stated, um, suicide is uh, very high in the veterans community, but in the civilians population, it is extremely high because uh, doctors are trying to find out if it was po something post-traumatic that had an individual to kill themselves and or the, the lack of uh, access to uh, mental health and or mental therapy to uh, properly diagnose the individual's uh, the individual situation that caused them to, to uh, 
I guess, like, commit suicide. So um, we definitely want to, you know, point out the effects of, of, of PTSD. So before we go there, are there any questions uh, from our listeners or uh, our panel on this evening? Or a I statement, a, actually? I had a statement. Uh, a lot of, I was wondering, if, uh, like, before you joined the military, do you think that that it's something that's happened to you before you joined the military, or is, do you think it's strictly from military experience that you had? I believe Captain most... Frank McClendon could answer that one really good since he was a recruiter and he could see the basic trainees that are I going totally into agree. the army. I, totally I agree. think Captain McClendon would be a good person to answer that. Not Come saying on. you're not, uh, but I just think that yeah, he, most was, death. Most death he did it from the recruiting uh, standpoint right, from, when from he saw that soldier coming in. Right, right. I, I, I would say I would say it's both. Uh, I mean, you have yeah. You know, sometimes you have people that that go through things um, to tragedies, losses, you know, um, molestations, different tr- 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 you know shootings and stuff to, uh, as as kids. And then when you join the military, you know, sometimes that can add on to it or it can trigger it, you know. And then you got some people that you know some of these kids coming in are 18, 19 years old and they experience combat for the first time. And then that can trigger something like that. So I say it's both, you know, it just depends on, you know, your situation, your background. We got a lot of people. I had had one recruit that came right off the street, you know, running from a gang, you know, gang infested areas and stuff like that. And just wanted to get away. I want to sign up for the military and get away. And then you go to a deployment and you see some of the same things that you see back home. I've seen back home and that can trigger something like that. So I I would say both. I, I, I too would say both um, because like like uh, Commander said, most of the things that we went through and considered to be, I guess, minute in childhood and our young adulthood, um, <clears throat> we may go through something um, in the military or in college even that may trigger mm-hmm. uh, something that, you know, that happened to us, uh, whether it was somebody grabbed my shoulder the wrong way and it may trigger a remembrance um, mm-hmm. and which which is what PTSD is um, uh, it, it is the remembering and the reliving <laughs> of that trauma over and over and over again um, whether you're sleeping whether you're uh, out walking sometimes you could have a, a, a small just flashback or flash out of, of an, an episode or an issue and um, you know <clears throat> so there's a lot of different triggers but I do believe that you know most of the times when uh, put into an, an, a different situation um, some of those things can exacerbate that trauma uh, and make it um, I guess make it explode so to speak make you as the individual come to a point the way you feel you can't handle and or juggle certain things in life. So um, I do agree. I think it is both. It comes, um, it comes with, um, you know, just pushing that particular button that, you know, you have, you know, rejection from your father. Um, uh, you know, that consider that's considered uh, traumatic for some individuals. And like Commander said, um, you know, you may slap me and I might 
I may turn the other cheek, but you slap commanding, you might get the mess beat out of you. And so you have to be able to um, know that people uh, deal with trauma the same way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I, I say it's both. I say it's both. Yeah, because I've noticed that I've, I've worked with a few of them, and a lot of times they'll try to adjust to society, and they'll, they'll hide the, uh, <laughs> the disorder. But I can always tell because it's a lot of different mood swings that they have, and it, and it's small things that used to trigger them. But they they have to try to hide it because they want to you know exist in society and make a living. Correct. So, Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that's why on the last show uh, when when we were talking about it, I said that most people you know they they bury themselves in a career. Uh, they bury themselves in, in, you know, in their work. Uh, they bury themselves in drugs um, and or other outlets uh, or things that they feel is an outlet uh, that numbs their 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 psyche on that particular trauma, traumatic issue. So <clears throat> that um, you know, it's hard to um, I guess like diagnose post-traumatic stress just by me and you talking uh, or, you know, like <clears throat> me seeing you at the doctor or, or something of that nature, you being at home, you always crying and different things like that. Um, that, again, depression can lead to, uh, anxiety can lead to, uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder can lead to uh, uh, traumatic uh, PTSD. So uh, I guess... Uh, the medical community <clears throat> has uh, considered PTSD to be the, I guess, like the eye of the pyramid in mental health. Uh, so, in you know, so and, and if you can remember how the pyramid goes down, uh, the food groups it goes like from A to Z. So, um, post-traumatic stress disorder is like your main, um, the main top tier, and everything else leads to post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's what I'm getting from uh, my recent research, uh, uh, as well as looking at a lot of the medical research that's been put out. Uh, any other comments, yes. discussion? Um, what, uh, there's a thin line between coping and codependency. And so what role, how, how do we address the codependency aspect into trying to uh, help provide that care? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the caretaker will sort of mask that just as a coping mechanism. So how, how do we even begin to address that aspect? Um, what was the question I'll, again? I couldn't hear him, Chris. What is what would be the 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 ways that we cope, or, or that we could explain to the community of ways of coping <clears throat> uh, with uh, post traumatic stress disorder? Um, and now I was gonna kind of ask a similar question, like uh, when people have flashbacks or breakouts, like is there things that we should be able to say to help them come back, or or are there medicines that help? Uh, soothe or or I don't I mean like is it a a way like kind of like what he's saying coping not just coping but ways to maybe help or alleviate or uh, or bring you back or whatever the case may be from the situation where, where you might go to 
Okay, well, no, let me clarify if you didn't hear. I was saying there's a thin line between coping and and codependency. And so what mm -hmm. role does the codependency help? Because that sometimes can be a barrier in and of itself. So how do we begin to address, you know, that tight line, you know, uh, for codependency? Because, you know, you have someone who is hurting and then your feelings gets in the way of the care that you're trying to provide. I, me personally, I would definitely, I would, I would definitely leave that to you know, one of of, of that profession. Um, <clears throat> and and the reason I say that is because just like you said, you may be on the phone with me uh perry saying i'm ready and i know it's never going to happen but i'm ready to commit suicide me being the person that i am i have and and excuse my expression i i don't really have um empathy for that uh because i, I know that there's avenues for help um so like i know individuals that you know that's dealing with certain traumas or dealing with certain uh mental health issues and they their coping is you know drugs or their coping is burying themselves like i said in work um sometimes uh when when they do go to you know mental health or when they do seek mental health therapy um that's one of the, the things that they they tell you find a niche that you are good at that would, you know, help you not just cope with this particular traumatic issue, but also help you um, progress beyond it. And a lot of people believe, especially if you're dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it, and never receiving, you know, help or resolve, um, you're gonna always feel you're trapped. So uh, one of the main things I would say is first seek help. Uh, I, you mm. remember the commercial back in the day, if you can't get help in charter, please help get help somewhere. And that is a real statement because of the cliche stigma that, you know, I'm not crazy or I'm not going to let somebody pump me full of psych meds or that's most of the times that's not even the case. Sometimes individuals just need uh, an outside voice of who they want, of, of, of how they're feeling or an outside perspective of how they're feeling. And most of the times, whenever I want to talk to, to Terry, I'm not going to come full out to Terry compared to what I may say to Commander because me and Terry got a bond, whereas Commander, I see him every now and again. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. those types of relationships or some of the relationships I know that um, individuals around me as well as myself uh in my transition from military to back to civilian uh i had to do i had to find i had to find individuals that were dealing with my ailment um mm -hmm. because i have an ailment that's considered to be degenerative so i'm gonna live with it for the rest of my life but i had to find other individuals that were living with either the same type of um complex regional pain syndrome and or mm -hmm. something like it fibromyalgia uh, restless leg syndrome these all these individuals dealt with some of the same uh, 
that I had to deal with because it's an adjustment phase. And and if you're mm. not, I guess if you're not really ready to make that adjustment, you can you you will show signs of trauma by cutting yourself, uh, by lashing mm. out, by beating up on somebody, by bullying somebody, uh, just lying, lying for no reason. Uh, I mean, like, and those are signs of trauma. So. Um, like LaDonna asked, what are some of the signs and symptoms that we could say, hey, you you might want to get checked because you have some of the symptoms, signs and symptoms, and you may be exemplary to... Wait a minute. Uh, post wait a minute. Did you just say lie? Just lie for no reason. Wait a minute. Is that one of the symptoms? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to make a list up right there. Wait. You mean to tell me, boy, I'm going to have to get a bunch of people checked. <laughs> Yeah, most of most of the times, some people, and, and like Perry said, it's a coping mechanism. You know, I have to understand it's a coping. So they'll lie. Like you look at me. Some people look at me in my face and be like, "Chris, you all right?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm all right." Now I just told you I have a nerve disease on my entire left side, but I'm gonna tell you, "Yeah, I'm all right." I heard 365 days when it's lightning and thunder, and I heard even worse. But yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> so you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I, I'm I, it, the lie, the 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 magnitude of the lie does it is is not what you know what it is. It's how we that that may be dealing with particulars uh, or, or certain traumas hide the effects of that trauma. Mm -hmm. But also, there are support groups out there too um, that are, will help you um, if you need to reach out to somebody. We have support groups here. In not just at the VA, but just um, local resources like the Military right. Veteran Peer Network that I used to do. Um, we don't have that anymore because of funding, um, but it was so vital, you know, at that time. And uh, we have the Vet Center here in Beaumont that also um, does uh, support groups. But mm -hmm. not only that, and Captain McClendon can, I'm sure, attest to this. And let me know if it's true or not, but when we got out the military, it was like we hit a brick wall. We didn't know which way to go. We were dealing with all of these things that had happened to us in the military. Nobody seemed to understand who we were, what we came from. I know my parents, they had no clue what to do with me, you know, and I didn't even know which way to turn as far as getting a job. And, and you know, those are the things that veterans, myself, and I know Captain McClendon have to deal with that. We just recently, I mean, it's been 10 years now since I got out, but like Captain McClendon, he just recently retired, you know? So what are these things that we're going to do now? Where can we go from here? And that's where the, that's when you start getting into people's minds. That's when they start going crazy on us because they don't know which way to go. They don't know who to call. Right. Right. I, one thing, uh, one thing I think too is panels like this to, to put out, to educate people more, to give them more resources, people to identify something to help them get to the resources. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I had, a, had one of my neighbors um, had, had had got out because of PTSD. He experienced a lot of bad stuff in the military. He gets out, adds on to it. His son commits suicide. So now he's got everything bottled up. He's moving to alcohol. You know, he's domestic violence stuff is, is a big piece right here. And he, he didn't have an outlet. When, when my first time I met this guy, then we start talking. And he started understanding that, man, we got similar stories. Man, there's somebody else that's going through some of the same things that I'm going through. 
And when he first realized that there was an outlet there, there's somebody that I can talk to, I can vent to, some get some help to get me to some help. You can see him come alive. You can see him come alive. And I think that's what we need to do. Train more people, get more education out there so people can identify these individuals and then be able to point them in the right direction to get some help. Because like I said, you hit that wall, you get out, you, you feel like you, you don't have anything else. So you're going to go to those drugs, those you know, alcohol and those bad things to, to, to help you numb something to take you out of that place right there. Because education is, like I said, knowledge is power. You got to get to somebody that knows what's going on. I have another, uh, I'm sorry, Perry, um, question, uh, should like family members or spouses be, uh, I mean, like, I, I, I guess I'm also concerned about the family for these, uh, veterans when they, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, what, um, do they need to be, I guess, not just the person with the PTSD, but do they need to be aware or 100% or, or 100%. Some kind of I don't know skills to, to uh, adapt to or 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 be able to intervene or I mean I, I don't know what the words I'm looking for to like help out in some situations. Do they need to be trained and go to some type of meetings to or or maybe I don't know if they have meetings for the family members to kind of help them along with the process or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I would say yes. Just for me, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody else can chime in. Yes. Part of the, a lot of the process right here is involving the family, involving the kids, involving the spouse, you know, so they they because you're in there together. Just like I said before, when we first were talking. If you're in the military, you're outside of military, you want your uh, tra traumatic experience with the, 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 the whole family goes through. It's not just that cool. person right there because everybody's affected all the way down to the children. You know, that's why kids see something that you know they don't get counseling and then they become adults and then they repeat that what they see you know everybody needs counseling and there are definitely groups and stuff like that that cover the whole family not just that individual yes uh i too would say yes um i know um mhmr um gives therapy to the entire family are they not doing it anymore no, um, we've lost our funding for the Military Veteran Peer Network. We um, okay. we no longer are able to do that. We um, um, Spindletop really disappointed me, to be honest, Chris, and I hate to put them out okay. like that, but I will, because yeah. they did so, not turn in the funding that we needed properly and in, in, in the time frame. So we can't offer those that that service anymore. Captain McClendon can tell you he used to come to my uh, to our monthly meetings that we had, and they were. So, gosh, they were so great, and they were so helpful mm. to the military community here locally. They, it was, we did amazing things with that. So, but, with, with that know, being said, Ladonna, with that being said, Ramirez just told me, um, and I, I, I do apologize for not being aware of that, but that decreases our mental health uh, outreach in this community. I mean, it was already minute um, to begin with but that decreases the outreach even more. Um, I know uh, that group, uh, the, 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 uh, the, peer, the veterans peer group, and it was also another mental health organization that was uh, through Baptist Hospital. I'm not sure if they, <clears throat> if they still have that, because again, like it wasn't many people that were participating. So if you, 
Well, uh, I know one thing. My husband. Some time I can to the director and see if they still have that program. But yeah, because, because let me because tell like you, the you families said, of PTSD people are, uh, you know, I, honey, I need to look, and I'm not trying to be funny, but sometimes you don't know what's going on, and if you could maybe get some meeting, or, or you know, somebody to kind of guide the family, that might help yeah. them to, uh, better understand what's happening, because I, yeah. I mean, when you say PTSD, and then some of these people, they, they're veterans, and they don't want to talk about it, and you don't know you know, you don't know what that means and you don't know. I'm glad we're doing this. You know, you don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's yeah. going on. You don't even know how to respond mm-hmm. and you like, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. I wanna I wanna make a point to um a question that or a statement that was made in the from the Facebook uh Cheryl Richardson Jackson. Uh she said PTSD is also in our children due to living in violent households and neighborhoods. Um, I'm glad she I'm glad she mentioned that because the CDC says and this comes from um, my research CDC says all children may experience very stressful events that affect how they think and feel most of the time children recover quickly and well however sometimes children who experience severe stress such as from an injury, from the death or threatened death of a close family member or friend or from violence will be affected long-term. So that um, goes to, to, to say that yes, children, uh, as mentioned uh, from veterans families, that the entire family and not just the ones we live with uh, have to deal with you know, the effects of um, a post-traumatic stress disorder. It's friends, it's other battle buddies. Um, you know, sometimes we stay connected with our lieutenant commanders and, and other commanders just so that we'll have that, that you know, that hold on to uh, for some sanity. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it's platforms like these. Uh, LaDonna, it's questions like ours that we have. Uh, it's statements uh, like ours that we bring back to our community to let them know it's okay to say that I'm not okay with accepting the way you do or did this. Uh, and me having to, I guess, like find the, 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 the aid or the band-aid or the salve or the medicine that that's needed for me to, to be able to cope and progress through society. I remember Perry had something to say. Go ahead, brother. No, well, no, I, w- I was saying that uh, it really helps uh, not just on the family side, but as a friend, someone who's welcoming someone back. I think often I was zeal to do one to get things back to normal or whatever that normal place was become sometimes unreachable as well as you know just being sometimes inquisitive and wanting to know and not knowing that all of those questions are now being triggers because i'm asking some of your pain and so how do we as a community just embrace and kind of understand that this is a process because I think we always are trying to hurry up and welcome them home and make it feel like things are like it was. And none of those things are true. Correct. 
Correct. Especially like I like like Mary said, especially when we transition from service member to civilian back to civilian, and we, like she said, we hit a brick wall. It's hard to find a job. It's hard to you know find uh, things that bring least back to the quality of lifestyle we were living while we were in service, and understanding that you know I, I don't know a lot of people believe that as military individuals you make so much money but i mean like if you don't have rank you don't really you don't really have money so like once you come once you come home and you didn't have like say for instance you a a private first class you come home uh from 24-hour pay to now i gotta go hustle and bustle hopefully i'm able to find me a job let alone um deal with the, the what however i was put out of the military whether i was chaptered or eta you know did my my four years or whatever um yeah so like we have to deal with we have to deal with that transition same goes for college students college students got to deal with the post-traumatic stress as well the transition from Mm -hmm. the the college life the loans the not finding that career not going in that direction not meeting that that goal that i set for myself at xyz year that brings on about a lot of stresses and and once you can't deal with those stresses that failure and this is uh from the insider uh website it says that failure repeats over and over or that traumatic episode repeats over and over and over and it begins with repeated trauma so you you replaying that over and over. It's not always schizophrenia. It's not always bipolar. It's an, those things lead to uh, not being. I, well, I will say the chemical imbalances for sure leads to bipolar disorder. Uh, so again, you can't just say, "Oh, she bipolar," and you may not know what her trauma is. You can't say that um, she's she's postpartum, and you don't really know what her trauma is, although postpartum is a real mental health uh, situation that not only women go through, but men as well. So we have to, this brings the, the I guess the um, this opens the umbrella of mental health in the African-American mm-hmm. community because all of this post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, um, you know, stress, high blood pressure, um, stroke, um heart attack all of these are signs of mental health or um you know even binge eating is is a a sign of mental health and a a coping mechanism like perry mentioned for some people that may be dealing with trauma and or rejection any questions or comments but also that leads into a perfect segue uh chris what you were saying about not being able to find a job where do i turn to if i'm just a private first class getting out the army, you know, I just did what, three years or whatever. And I didn't make rank or whatever, you know, you got to get out now. Now you have to hustle. What happens? You turn to a life of crime. That's that's where we're going down. Let's go down that road because we haven't talked about, we do have veterans who are incarcerated right now in Jefferson County and also in Huntsville, Houston, Harris County, all of those, you know, all of those areas, we have a large population of veterans right here at the Styles unit in, in Beaumont, um, at the federal prison also in Beaumont. We have veterans who um, who who need help, who need treatment. Maybe there wasn't somebody there for them when they got out. 
you know, we have and to like not forget said, about our brothers and sisters who are veterans who are incarcerated. But there was a reason why they committed those crimes to be incarcerated. Right, right. I totally agree. Uh, and like you said, most of the times, um, it's it, especially for a veteran that was not, I guess, like able to, because most veterans, uh, most people that went to the military uh, go to the military to provide a need or to meet a need back home, not for them themselves, but to meet a need back home. So that stress, that's that's stress number one that's on my shoulder. Um, stress number two is I'm not able to readily see individuals, people pass, and I'm not able to be there. Um, so that's another stress. Uh, I, like Mary said, I may not get that promotion that I expected. I may not be able to go to you know, uh, mm -hmm. or I, I probably failed the class, you know, and uh, or I, I didn't push myself hard enough in PT. And again, that's a mental, a mental thing, pushing yourself. So I, I may not be able to, you know, get to this particular, uh, I can't do 200 push-ups. So my physical fitness, I, I didn't pass that. It's so much, especially in order to excel in the military, it, it, especially if you have a goal in the military, I'm a, I'm going to do my, you know, 40 years and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to have, you know, a nice fat retirement. Not necessarily so for everybody that do 20 years. So you, you have to be mindful of, of, of not just how, um, how much weight. And even Captain, even Captain McClendon can attest to this, Chris, when he, when he would uh, see veterans leave out. I'm sure, you know, because you probably as a commander, you know, you saw people that would get chaptered out. Maybe, you know, they don't know what to do next. Where do they go? Right. Um, they right. didn't make that. They didn't make that uh, that rank like you talked about, Chris, earlier. Right. Um, as, right. As mm -hmm. captain of, uh, you know, yeah, like like you said, it's a bunch I'm of people, sure. uh, soldiers that are, are, are military personnel that I know that were chaptered out and they did uh, 10 plus years and they were chaptered out. You know, especially mm -hmm. like unhonorable un 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 discharge, it's hard for anybody to go work at a, a basic McDonald's. So, right. speaking of rank, what is the breakdown? To, is there a breakdown of PTSD by rank? I mean, is it more prevalent among lower rank or, or you know? Well, as far as that's the 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 stats on on. Uh, the effects of PTSD, PTSD by rank. I can't give you that. Um, Mary probably could, uh, but I don't think they go into it that deep. I think they're just they're just dealing with surface based PTSD. Um, now, right? It doesn't really. Did, it doesn't uh, really have. Yeah, PTSD doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. Right, it doesn't. Right, um, right. You know, it can have happen at any rank. Um, look at Captain McClendon. He was enlisted, like he said, for seventeen years. And then went on to do another, what, 15 plus years as an officer, which is, you know, you got to give that a commend today, com commend him for that service. That is, that's unheard of to be go from enlisted, then to an officer, then to a commander. That right there, I mean, I salute him. I mean, that is just amazing. Appreciate it. And, no, appreciate you that. know, so PTSD doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. Right. Yeah, I no, totally well, well, I wasn't asking it in terms of that, but in, just in terms of those who seek, because I guess if you are high rank, you understand 
the need and and maybe as opposed to a lower yeah. rank and again i'm just throwing out a hypothesis yeah I, and I, I, I see i, I think i understand what rank and, and right right i think yeah. i get where you what you're getting what you're getting at uh period uh especially like identifying uh the causes you know what i'm saying yeah. those that that are affected, the the more that are affected, whether it's the E1 or the the warrant officer, uh, right. and, and basing it on whether or not, you know, it's the responsibility that's put on that particular soldier and rank and or that particular officer right. and rank. So I mean like I understand I understand that portion, I guess how to identify who's affected the most. Uh, I can understand where that question would come from. But again, like I don't think they're. I don't think they're running that type of that deep of a study in the area. And if they are, they haven't made it. They haven't disclosed anything right. to the to the public. That would, that would, that's a really interesting question. And uh, actually, I'm gonna do some research myself now. You prompt me. I wrote some notes down on that one <laughs> to actually see that. But I would right. tell you this though. You know, you, you got to think. If, even if I was a, a high ranking officer, if I was a general, or and I'm going through PTSD and I hide it and stuff like that. How do I expect my soldiers under my command right, to get to right. get help if, right. if I don't do it myself? So therefore yeah. that's 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 part that's a very good question. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh I see in the uh on the side it says uh Cheryl Richardson Jackson asks, where do so where do veterans go to seek help? Um, Mary and, and Commander, if y'all don't mind answering those those questions for her. So we She's do have actually a actually asking where did, do veterans go for uh for help. So we do um, have a, a veterans We do have the veterans crisis line. Um it is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and then you press option one. Again, that number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and press option one it is manned 24 hours a day 365 days a year so there is always somebody on the other end and no it is not a robot commander yeah uh she she, she did that I, i'll just say you know First, you start out with, with, with veterans, friends. That's why we're doing these forums right here. So everybody is trained. Everybody knows the outlet. Everybody knows, you know, where I can go. And, uh, but like I said, the VA, any kind of regular hospital right there, if you just go into a clinic right there and you get diagnosed, they can get you to, to, to some kind of help. But you had to, add, to have to ask, you know, back in the day, it was, it, you were looked as weak, you know, looking for help right there. You're not. You're, 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 you're opposite. You're very strong right there and we have to get the word out to let people know that you're not and and seek to help please seek to help absolutely absolutely yeah because i know with the company the company i work for we deal with with veterans as far as medical and medical equipment and things like that and a lot of them uh, are suffering more from embarrassment because they you know mm -hmm. you feel they feel like less of a man when they come back from the service 100%. and they can't take care of their families and I think that has a lot to do with the depression part of it. It's more the embarrassment yeah. to where you, yeah. you can't mm -hmm. get your basic needs or what you need. Right. And you, have to go and beg, you got to go beg for what you need. Yeah. And, and that, it should that, never be that way. Right. And mm -hmm. and that goes in, that goes on. And I, I, I'm glad um, 
Cheryl Richardson made the statement about children because as a volunteer in public schools, I see some of the same behaviors. Um, yep. One of the programs that that, P, that state PTA offers is, is called Colors, and you're able to identify individual characteristics by colors. And it's a very good tool uh, to use, I guess, just, you know, just in your community. But it also helps individuals identify those types of learning characteristics as well as you know you're able to not pinpoint a, a, a particular trauma but you're able to identify that that student is showing signs of some type of trauma um so there's all different types of um ways that we can identify um you know individuals that may be dealing with mental health uh um mental health issues uh as well as recommend like commend and mary said recommend you know your local hospitals uh i know baptist hospital as well as saint elizabeth um i know if you go to um uh the, for veterans you can go to the va uh outpatient clinic they will definitely transfer you to the houston uh michael ebakey um there is, I know, you know, there's the mental health hospital in, in Rice, Texas. Uh, I don't know how familiar civilians are uh, about um, the, the, the Rice Institute, but yeah, um, there's a, a few outlets, I know for sure, uh, over the phone that you can uh, call the suicide hotline is one of them. Uh, there is uh, also a few hotlines that just basic abuse hotlines that will give you other resources uh, uh, for mental health uh, and, and post-traumatic stress disorder. I noticed when we go into these homes, the homes that go in from uh, with military people, you can automatically sense when they have PTSD. It's just something about the atmosphere of the home, but my kids, the wife or whoever, it's just an instant click. You know that something is wrong. Hey, guys, I agree. You, uh, did you notice that uh, one of the comments on with Damian Bennett, it says the separation training needs to be restructured. The military branches need to address these concerns before separation. PTSD does not see color, rank, MSO, or whatever. 100%. Yeah, that, I totally agree. 100%. 100 percent it does not see so it was um is a veteran also an army veteran uh recently retired um yeah. he was supposed to be on the show tonight but unfortunately he couldn't make it but he does they do have a veteran organization it's called veterans to veterans that he is the president of this chapter so i just want to give him a, a shout out real quick so who he is i salute you sir for that great 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 Absolutely, also, Dan. also she says the system is set up for failure. There are plenty of resources in the community, like uh, the V V for V. V for V. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say this: there are a lot of resources, but those resources are not accessible to or uh, readily accessible to Jefferson County. Majority of mental health individuals have to travel outside of this county, outside of the entire county area to get proper treatment. That mental health 
in the medical field is almost an untapped market when it comes to Beaumont, Texas. Um, and you could even look at the, the very few amount of doctors that we have in the arsenal of, of the hospitals here in, in Beaumont or in Jefferson County alone. Uh, so I, I will say the resources are there. They're just not here readily accessible in Jefferson County. And I encourage anybody who's going to TSU, Grambling State, any, anywhere uh, for mental health in the, in the medical profession, please come back home because these clinics, Sprite Clinic is about to sell. We, it's needed here. It's, it's very much so needed, not just in the African-American community, but within the community as a whole. Great show, guys. Uh, Post-traumatic stress one more, disorder. One more, mm -hmm. one more, sir. One more? Okay, if sorry. You don't mind. The last one, the last uh, bit of, 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 of information we definitely want to uh, give is um, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Uh, and I know a lot of people say that sounds very cliche, but theoretically it is real. Um, it says, June, it says, Post-traumatic slave syndrome, a term coined by internationally renowned researcher Joy DeGray, PhD, to describe the multi-generational trauma and injustices experienced by African-Americans and those alike from the dawn of slavery to the recent deaths of Black citizens at the hands of police. PTSS has similarities to more widely known diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, they include avoiding certain places, people, or activities and events that may remind the individual of the trauma or experience, difficulty concentrating, feeling jumpy, or being easily angered, appearing emotionally numb, also called vacant esteem. This includes feeling feelings of hopelessness, depression, and a general self-destructive out, outlook. So... PTSS, we said the, on, on the last show, post-traumatic slave disorder. I had to go look it up because when we said it, we sort of kind of lied. But it is definitely clinically proven that there is post-traumatic slave syndrome, which, as I read, are the effects that I give it. Uh, so outside of that, um, I, I will say thank you, Tony, for allowing us again to shed light on this uh, particular issue. Uh, and not just an issue, but something that plagues our community and most people find it cliche to speak about. Um, so again, I definitely thank you for giving us the opportunity. You're welcome. And anytime you guys, we're gonna bring you back. We're gonna have, we're gonna have this discussion every quarterly. So we can keep the veterans uh, abreast of what's going on in our in their community and in our community as well, um, because it is very serious. Because I know one of the comments is about separation is dysfunctional, and it's it's got to be a way to 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 uh, how can I put it in words to say to make this uh, restructure it so that it can be uh, functional. Um, in the last word, guys, before we end our uh, uh, segment of 
PTSD. Before we go, I'd like to announce that I just Sunday. want to give a shout out to uh, Captain Frank McClendon real quick. He came in on this and helped us out, really understand about uh, oh. recruiters and how and how it is. So I really appreciate him coming on tonight. I would, um, he I does live do in too. Florida Thanks. now. Thank so um, <laughs> we do appreciate him coming. It's an honor we hope you come you back. Me, I'll be there. All right, guys. We're gonna try. We want to do so this much. every quarterly, and so um, Mary and I will get together on a date so that we can have everybody ready and prepare for that date. But so we, if we're doing it here in uh, February, we are going to be doing it again in May, right? <clears throat> April, March, April, May. Let's say yeah, June, May, June, first of June. Okay. Uh, let's do this. I have something else I want to. I want to say something, Tony. Sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Early voting is still going on. Voter turnout yes, is low. I am the queen of get out the vote. Tomorrow post will be closed. Do not go to the voting post tomorrow. Listen to me real good. The voting polls will be closed. They are open Tuesday to Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. It is your civic duty. It is your right. It is your power. Get up. Go vote. Show up every election, every time it is. That is 150 registered voters right here in Jefferson County. Uh, can one of you all give me a number? How many has voted in? 8865. And what it's percentage is that? Is 5.7%. That's horrible. It's terrible. For a county that is extremely horrible. That's brutal. I am I am very uh, disheartened, yeah. and I just want to do anything that I can to just. I don't even know what I want to do to encourage you, to implore you, to impress upon you. I just don't even know. Go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. You cannot allow 10% or less than 10% of the population or registered voters in the community to determine the, the laws and the outcomes and the interpreters. Of the, the populace. I totally and the, agree. And the VA and the, and the this and the that and the this and the that. And then you're going to be the first one on the news carrying on the fool about what you don't like and what you don't want and what you can't accept and what you don't want to take. But I can't get you to go to the polls. So I'm not going to go because <laughs> I know the show is over. But baby, I can go on and on and on. All right. Okay. Uh, come Sunday, the 28th. Go out and vote, people. Uh, come Sunday, the 27th, the last Sunday in this month. That is next Sunday, we're going to have, uh, we're going to finish, complete our February Black History Month pro, uh, podcast. Uh, and we're going to be, our guest going to be, our, no, no, not, we're not going to have a guest. Our lead, <laughs> our lead host will be that night, Mr. Perry Buster. <laughs> And uh, we're going to be mama talking about Grandmama and Big Mama, Pee Wee and Nuck Nuck. We're going to go. Oh, boy. Hey, and, and I hope they ain't got their uncomfortable <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I hope they ready. I'm not going to have any cocktails that day. Yeah. So, Please. Please join us Sunday at 7 o'clock uh, uh, on the Knowledge is Power podcast live. Uh, and also join us on our podcast. Uh, podcast page and our black culture page so we we we, we, we really try to to educate ourselves and others of our uh, rich rich heritage and history oh tony tony yes uh i don't know if you noticed or if you saw it but i did post it um I know in our zeal to post our history, we got to be careful and vet the information that's being shared. 
because there's a there's a black history fact that is misinformation that is going viral and that is the information about the black lawn jockey right that is a that is misinformation it was talked about several years ago and now all of a sudden it has gone viral and being shared uh along with all of the other and so i'm i'm just saying we need to be as fervent about our history and i know that we want to but but we got to be careful right and i, I had that post up on the back uh, black culture page um and uh I, it was flagged mm-hmm. uh, I, i've read some articles mm-hmm. that said it was from the underground railroad signals yeah then i read that it was from uh um a young black um guardsman who was who guarded the flag had the flag and he doing i I can't think which war was and he died with that flag in his hand no no yeah and um and that's what it was named after uh there was honor in his name i cannot think his name but that's what it was about so i'm gonna have to i've got to be very i have to be very careful because i every every article that comes across uh, I, I read it and proofread it and then I go ahead and look at it but yeah. I saw that I, I, this is not the first time I post that I post it several times it's never been yeah. flagged but now it's been flagged so I guess it's not yeah uh, well it's just been raised to the to the consciousness I mean mm-hmm. and so again and again that's why we have to question Facebook I mean Facebook if you all know and knew that it was false why are you letting the algorithms continue to send something false you know that's it that's it well guys thank you again thank you uh, captain mcclendon thank you mary williams thank you terry roy thank you thank you terry busby from plantation florida and and, <laughs> <laughs> and my good and the lead person tonight the lead the lead host tonight uh aunt uh chris jones you did well so. and, <laughs> and my co-host is my daughter said, hey, we're working on the polls. We're working on the polls. What polls have you been working on? Baby, I'm working all the polls. I'm going everywhere. All the polls. All the polls. Okay, all the polls. Not that poll. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I've, been at, uh, I've been at Theodore John's. I've been at Elmo Fuller. I've been at Rogers Park. Um Somebody called me out though. They was like, "Ladonna, I voted at the courthouse, and you didn't come take my picture." So I'm going to the courthouse next week too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where majority of the people in my neighborhood are are are, are going is to uh, the the Jefferson County courthouse. Yeah, yeah somebody. Uh, it was a judge, though. Believe it or not, he was like, "You didn't take my picture." But anyway, I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I, don't play with me." <laughs> but wait, I will say, Ladonna, Ladonna Sherwood hit me up. Yesterday, if not today, uh, I don't see that sticker or that receipt, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sorry, my bad, yeah, my apologies." You got me. It's a me habit. Too. It's a habit. I'm an election day voter. I, it's always been habit. I'm an election Let me day tell voter. you, I reached out to 200 people uh, yesterday, between yesterday and the day before, so you can look for me to be in your inbox. I told them they thought I was playing. <laughs> I voted the first day. You need to make that a campaign. We need to be accountable to each other. That's right. For real. Hey, listen. For real. 
We got for real, they gonna tell you. People been they look when I hit the inbox, I be on their phone. I already know. I already know. I already know. Yes, I'm on your phone. Yes, hey, I'm that's what, That's how Joe used to be. That's how Joe Stevens used to be. Yeah, that's how Joe Stevenson used to be. Hey, Joe, Joe would pull a book out on you if you. Well, yeah, right. Joe, I right. hold you. Like, you still you voted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accountability at its finest. I, I, call, I call him Joe Dano. Book him, Dano. Let me tell you, you know what? He used to get, he used to get us at the gas station coming from the club, pull you over, get out. Let me see that you vote. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, guys, I want y'all to stay on. and Not not our guests, I believe, but i like the, the crew to stay on, and we're about, we're about to close the show. Uh, it's something we need to, I need to go over with you guys for a quick second. It won't okay. take but one minute. If y'all just hold on with me for one minute and Absolutely. we're going to close the good show. Good night, everybody. Right. All right, good, good night, night. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.